Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. This episode of the Trail Manners podcast is sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people, including runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and more. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our healthy choices. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com backslash trailmanners or mention the promo code trailmanners when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode 107. Today we are on location at Ultra Spire here in St. George, and we've got Bryce Thatcher to talk to. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Trail Manners Podcast. We are here in St. George, Utah. Barely got here. Barely got here. Joel's car uh, had some fits right outside Beaver. Some major fits. Yeah, but we got here. We did. Little, what did you call it? Cowboy. Little cowboy mechanic on the side of the road. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, We made it down here to St. George. Uh, We're here this weekend for the capstone races put on by Turtle Miller, but we had to swing in to one of our favorite spots here at Ultra Spire. That's right. And talk to our good friend and master of hydration. Oh, <laughs> like that? Oh, I do wow. like that. <laughs> that's, that's new. That would be a great hashtag. There would you be. go. Uh, we, we got Bryce Thatcher um, sitting down with us today. Bryce, can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today. This has been like two or three years in the making, In the making. Right? Oh, yeah. This is awesome. Thanks for coming, you yeah. guys. Yeah, we, uh, we're excited to have you on because there's so much that people don't understand about what goes into... A product. A product. Not just, you know, what they can buy online. Right. You know, in their favorite running sh- local running shop, because we right. like that. Um, but you've been in the game here a long time. Yes. Right? Quite a while. So so <laughs> how long have you, I mean, before even companies, how long have you been doing hydration belts, packs, handhelds? handhelds. Uh, actually, a really long time. I, I started off very early. I was just a teenager, and... Um, you know, I, I don't know how much you want me to go into, but I'd love to share the story. I, I um, would spend a lot of time on Sunday afternoons just sewing. My grandmother taught me how to sew, and, and I would, she would give me pairs of Levi's, and I would cut them up, and then I would make little bags. Initially, I would make, like, marble bags and stuff like that, like a little kid awesome. would do. And, <laughs> and um, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed that activity. I liked the creativity of creating something in your mind and then taking your medium, which for me was old pairs of Levi's, and cutting them up and then sewing them together. So at the same time, I was running a lot. Um, I enjoyed hiking. My dad would do what's called double time with me, where I would go out, and and he would say, okay, we've got this four-mile section of trail. Let's run 
20 steps and then walk 20 steps and run 20 steps and walk 20 steps. And he called it double time. And, and we would call get to where we were really fast doing um, sections of the trail. And then as I got a little older, out of my eight, nine, ten-year-old things, oh, then <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait a minute, back up. So you were sewing yeah. while you were six and seven? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I, uh, my parents trusted me a lot, and, <laughs> and, and I, I was a creative kid, I guess. So anyway, I, um, I started um, trying to set times on running you know, different things. Initially, I grew up in, in Idaho, which is near the Tetons, on the Idaho side of the Tetons. And so I'd always look up at the mountains and I would say, wow, that's a beautiful mountain. I want to go run that mountain. And and I would started doing it, first of all, without water, without food. And then I would just carry a jacket and then I would run into the mountain. And it just wasn't working right. And it wasn't safe. And so then I then I started thinking, okay, what do I need to carry with me? And so I got an old Camp Trails backpack just a top-loading backpack, single shoulder strap, and I'd put a uh, jacket in it, I'd put a bottle of apple juice or a bottle of water in it, and then maybe a granola bar or something, and then I would go off running in the mountains. And it always drove me crazy because every time I would have to stop and drink, I'd have to take off the pack, right. pull out the bottle, and then start drinking. Yep. And it just, it was annoying me, and I was always had my stopwatch going. <laughs> so <laughs> Now, we, we're talking the old school. Yeah. Stick yeah. on the top. Actually, actually, what I did was I had a really <laughs> old watch. Okay. And, um, but it did have a stopwatch button on it, but it drove me crazy, because a lot of my adventures um, would include rock climbing. So right. I'd run to the mountain and climb a little bit. Yeah. And then I was always scratching up the surface of my watches. So I pulled the, um, the watch off the band. Mm -hmm. and, and then I took a piece of webbing that I bought at the climbing store and sewed a neck watch, which hung out around my neck. And right. then I put it inside my T-shirt, and that yep. was my stopwatch. And so it was just a watch that was slung on a piece of webbing awesome. underneath my T-shirt. <laughs> so quickly, what year was this happening? This, this what time frame was this happening? This would have been in the... Um, Late 70s. Okay. So, like, se 1978, 19, right. um, 19, probably started around 1976. Wow. Um, 77, 78. One of um, the true pioneers. Yeah, right. And, and yeah. so, anyway, it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, so then I, I got this bright idea. You know, at the time, um, there was a lot of bicycle water bottles mm. in the industry. And right. so, I would... I, I went to the bike store, and I said, oh, there's this, you know, specialized flip-top water bottle or right. whatever. And, and so I says, well, man, that's pretty easy to drink out of. Is there a way that I can figure out how to put that on a pack? Right. And so then it was one Sunday afternoon again. I got some old Levi's <laughs> and cut them up, and, and I made actually a waist belt okay. um, that carried a single specialized water bottle. Uh -huh. And I put it on... Um, myself and I was able to run and I was able to get at it on the go right and I was able to carry enough food to kind of d for my adventures and that's really kind of what got my mind thinking about it right um, but it was a few years later I got into setting FKTs and the Tetons and did right. a bunch of that and um, then it was actually when I was a college student later in 1985 that um, I was a pre-med major in college and um, I, I'm like, okay, I'm getting money from my parents every single month, and this is driving me crazy. I want to be independent. And okay. so college kids start businesses all the time. Why don't you just start a business? <laughs> no, right? <laughs> That's what they do. They do. What they do. Right? <laughs> so pretty naive, and I think the naivety kind of, it, it can help or it can hinder you, but in my case, it helped. Right. So anyway, I, um, 
I, I went home, I had this very elaborate business plan, and I kind of, it was one page. And <laughs> 1985, <laughs> that's yeah. right. Elaborate business plan. <laughs> it's one page, it's like where you're actually writing on the page. Yeah, yeah. Right. not typing. <laughs> so I, um, I, my father, he would have always supported me my whole life, and I gave him this one page business plan, and it's like, I want to start sewing things in college, and this is going to help put me through college. And then I listed, I want to make cosmetic bags, ski bags, um, duffel bags, luggage, um, everything. And I made some samples, and then I can remember <laughs> I can remember taking these samples to a ski swap once and, and trying to sell things. And I right. actually sold a couple of ski bags, and it's like, oh, how am I going to actually sew this now? Right. So anyway, this business plan at the very bottom was, can I borrow $1,000? Right. And and my dad said, "Oh sure, you know." And he <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so he wrote out a check, yeah. gave me the thousand dollars, and then I drove from my home in Rexburg to Utah, where I was going to school, and um, I bought a sewing machine. Mm -hmm. My sewing machine was nine hundred and sixty dollars. Oh well, left you plenty of room. Plenty of room. Plenty lots of, of capital. Right? <laughs> that was an expensive sewing machine. Yeah, it was a commercial time. sewing machine. Yeah. 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 and I've never, I'd never sewn on a commercial now, sewing machine. Do you machine. still have that sewing machine? I do. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. We're get, do we get to see that later? <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. So anyway, um, I, I bought a sewing machine, and then I took the forty dollars and I bought some red fabric because red's always been my favorite color, and I bought a little bit of webbing and some buckles. Okay. And then I moved the sewing machine into my apartment, mm -hmm. and I. Started sewing backpacks. Wow! So yeah, that's how I got started. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nineteen eight. I mean, this is what we. I mean, think about it. Nineteen eighty-five. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot going on in that realm for one, but a business plan. Now these days, you've got social media, Facebook, Kickstarter, yeah. all these. <laughs> yes, you're, exactly. you're talking about a piece of paper, you know, <laughs> no. and and hope, right? And hope. <laughs> and it's like I'm going to mail this one, yeah. you know, to see <laughs> exactly. if they're interested instead of email or. Yeah. That's just crazy. And uh, I guess kind of the rest really is history, but so where did it go from there? Yeah, Glenn? so my next step was I, I actually, um, at the time I was skiing on the cross-country ski team and also running uh, in college, and so I took my sewing machine and I made a couple of samples of hydration packs. Mm -hmm. They were bottle-based um, that worked for me for skiing. And I was also working part-time. I was going to school full-time, working part-time at a run specialty running store in, in a mall there. And then, and then I was trying to start this business on the side as well, too. And so I made samples, and I talked the owner of the running shoe store into letting me put the samples on the wall in mm -hmm. the running shoe next to the ASIC shoes, by the way. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and it's just like, it's just like okay. Here's these packs, and they have water bottles on them, and I put them on the wall, and it was like two or three days later, I can't remember the guy's last name. His first name was Brad. I can't believe I forgot his last name, but anyway, he was the A6 Tiger sales rep, Yeah. and he came in the running shoe store, and, and he looked at the packs on the wall, and he just says, oh, these are really cool. Where'd you get these? And I'm like, I made them. And I was all proud. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Do you want a sales rep? And I said, well, what's a sales rep? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, well, this is what I do. You give me some samples and then I take them around to stores. And then if I sell to the stores, you pay me a commission. Right. And I says, wow, that's a great idea. So I took the samples off the wall. I gave them to him and out the door he went. <laughs> and then it was like, it was like uh, a week later, 
um, it was Sunday morning, and I have no idea why the phone call came in on Sunday morning, but I didn't have a business phone or anything at this point. I did have a name for the company, it was Ultimate Direction, um, and I didn't have a business phone or anything, so the phone rang Sunday morning. And I'm like, hello. They're like, is this ultimate direction? I'm like, uh, uh yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me put down my cereal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I had to do. <laughs> so anyway, they, they, they were like, this is Bob Wade from the Ute Mountaineer in Aspen, Colorado. Oh. And um, they've been around forever. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful people. I love them to death. And um, he, he ordered 12 oh my God. trackers. 12 runners oh. and 12 racers. So wow. it's 36 packs. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Right. I had no idea. I had no idea how to manufacture, how to make anything. I could make one. Right. But how could I make <laughs> yeah. So how could I make 36? How do you scale that up real quick? Well, holy like, cow. That would be consistent, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd made the patterns and I thought it was really efficient. So this is how naive I was. You know, there really wasn't the internet per se then. I didn't really know how a sewing factory worked. I mean, I had a commercial sewing machine. I knew that. So I thought I was being really smart. So I went down to the fabric store, and I bought one of those Dritz boards, those flat boards with one of those rotary cutters. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and so then I took a cardboard pattern, I'd put it on top, and then I'd run the cutter around and uh -huh. cut the fabric out. And I thought, okay, I'll cut one at a time. Right. That'll be perfect. And then, and then the webbing, you have to burn the webbing. So I had like a, you know, a candle. <laughs> you'd cut the webbing, and then you'd put a candle. And I'm like, how am I going to make 36 of these? And so I, I got on the phone, and I'm like, Mom, she <laughs> help. <laughs> So she came and stayed with me in my apartment for like a week. And it took us a week between the two of us. And actually, my sister Jennifer even came and wow. helped. So it was a family affair. Right. took us a week to sew 36 packs. Holy cow. And we shipped them out. And then it was shortly thereafter that uh, another funny story. I, you know, I, I went to school in Provo at BYU. And, and um, I, I had all my sewing stuff in, in, the fa in the, my apartment. And... I actually hired a girl, um, Ann Myers was her name. She was in the, worked in the sewing department. Right. And she came to my house to work, or my apartment to work. So she would leave her apartment or dorm room or whatever she was in, and she would come to my apartment and work. And she was there one day, and, you know, you're not supposed to have girls in your apartment. Right. But... <laughs> But anyway, employee. I wasn't I wasn't there. Right. And and somebody knocked at the door and she opened it up and and and, and the guy it was actually my landlord. Oh. And he's like, "Hello, where's Bryce?" And no, oh, he's not here. Well, what are you doing here? Well, I work for him. You're working here for him? <laughs> and she's like, "Yep." And so anyway, I, I thought that he was going to get really mad at me, but he was a really nice guy. And he goes, well, I guess you have to start somewhere. Good that's luck. Right. Oh, that's awesome. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. So anyway, that's how I got started. Um, and then when the company really grew, the, the key for me was another, I could go on for a long time. Um, another key story was I was skiing for the ski team <clears throat> and we would go to West Yellowstone mm -hmm. every Thanksgiving right. to train. And it's just a, a magical time. If you ever want to go to have a wonderful Thanksgiving and you like to cross-country ski, to go to West Yellowstone. Um, so we would go there. And so I said, man, this would be a great place to showcase my packs. Mm -hmm. And so I, I put together, I had Anne help me. And at the time I hired one other person to help me. We sewed 100 of a, a pack, a different style called the Competitor. It was kind of a foam-insulated um, holster on a piece of webbing. Right. And... 
we put a hundred of them together. I had a 1981 Toyota Celica mm -hmm. yellow sedan, and I loaded the hundred packs in the back of my car. Yeah. Drove to West Yellowstone with my skis hanging out the window, <laughs> and <laughs> and showed up at the ski camp. Right. And then I went into the stagecoach inn after training one day, and I just kind of opened up a couple of big boxes of packs, yep. and, I, and I was in the lobby, and I just said, anybody interested in a pack? And I kind of yelled it out, and people were coming out of their rooms, and they looked down, and, and then they just, I think they were all hundred were sold in like 15 minutes. Oh, oh my it, it, it was insane, and, and because the people had never seen anything yeah. like that before, and there was a need. There yes. was a real need. And so then those people went home to Vermont, to Canada, to right. Colorado, and then, and, then, and then suddenly those stores were calling me saying, how do I get those? And right. that's when things just really took off. Right. That's like, that's like the start of social media, too, then. Yeah. Sh they shared it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They shared yeah, it. liked it and that shared it. That was the original it. social media, yeah. There right? is no There's social no media. There's no hashtags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. And then it just kind of went from there. Yeah, it kind of went from there, yeah. So ultimate direction. That's right. Yeah, that so what year would you say kind of made that transition to where it was like, this is... It legit. was probably 1987 okay. when, um, when the transition really took off and, and things started to really grow. Um, and, and, but the passion was always the same for me, and it always has been because I've been doing it for a long time. And it, was, it has just been to make so a need that's not available in the marketplace. Um, and specifically for me, it's been endurance sports, mm -hmm. endurance athletes, and trying to give them things that allow them to keep water, energy foods, and other things at their fingertips. And that's always been my drive all along, and a lot of it's because that's where my personal passions lie, too. Right. So how long did it take from the pack situation before you got into, like, the waist belts? Of the handhelds. And the handhelds. I mean, because those, when those came out, that was, like, a big thing, too. Mm -hmm. You know, that was, like, game-changer stuff. Yeah, so the first... Um, well, I can give you the story of, uh, we first started with waist belts, mm -hmm. and then um, the first uh, first handheld came shortly thereafter, and we just had um, some runners who didn't, they, they would get what they call a sweet stomach. And we all get it as ultra runners. For me, it happens between, you know, seven and nine <laughs> hours when your, your stomach starts to get a little tired and stuff right. like that, and, and so... They, they, they felt that the pressure of a waist belt was maybe aggravating that a little oh, bit. Yeah. And so I wanted to think of just an alternative way to carry, you know, fluids. And so um, that's when we first came up with the handheld. I just, I took some old neoprene and an old wetsuit, kind of cut it up. And our first handhelds that we made were kind of a die cut, almost like a figure eight shape. They're really nice, actually. I have still have one around. I still think it's one of the best handhelds ever made. Right. Um, and we just wrapped it around the water bottle, and it gave you a really soft, cushy way to carry a water bottle. They took off really quickly. Oh, yeah. And then race vests in general um, were a whole different story. And, and the first race vest, you know, race vests are kind of where the trend is now. Yeah. Um, and they're going more towards the clothing side of things, and I'm not too sure how I feel about that just because they're hot. Um, but, but when we first invented the race vest, the purpose was heat, and it's it was for winter use. And so what we did, just the kind of evolution of this, I was snowshoe racing a lot um, in the winter. I grew up in Idaho, and it's always cold there, and my hydration systems were always freezing on me. Right. <coughs> And so we would take, at the time, we had already developed a bladder uh, with a pack. Um, the hoses would freeze mm -hmm. instantly. And so what we did was I would take a fleece vest, put it over top 
of my hydration pack. Right. Um, and then and then I would just have the hose come through the neck of the hydration vest. Right. And then the body heat, in essence, would keep the hose from freezing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I thought, well, it's kind of a pain to wear a pack and a vest. Right. So why don't I just create a vest that carries the mm -hmm. hydration bladder? Right. And so we, we created, um, at the time I was with Dana Miller, um, you know, Mud and Guts Miller. I, I know you guys are talking to him later. Yeah. Uh, just a great friend of mine. And he'd won Wasatch five times, and he and I were really close. And, and we just thought about it. Let's just make a vest that works for winter use mm -hmm. where it carries your hydration bladder in it. Right. So we did. It was a fleece vest that had pockets in the front, po uh, a place for the reservoir or the hydration bladder in the back. And then it had internally routed hosing that would stay underneath the fleet vest, fleece right. vest so you could just pull it out and drink. Right. And, and it worked incredibly well. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we instantly noticed of that versus a pack which had been on the market already was how comfortable it was we kept saying it was always it's just like a bear hug mm -hmm, you know yeah. you really don't feel the pressure you don't feel the pressure points you don't feel it on your shoulders on your back on your waist there's just no pressure points and we fell in love with the feel of it mm -hmm. And so that's when, at Ultimate Direction, we, we created the first race vest. They started, it's called the Arctica, and it was made for winter use for skiing. And then we quickly realized how much we liked it, and we came up with a, a, a summer version as well very right. quickly. Nice. That's just, cra just crazy to, this came from you, basically, I right? I'm just being inquisitive, mm -hmm. starting off Creative. seeing a need for yourself. And, right. And then seeing, oh, man, other people need this, right? Yes, and that's exactly, that's kind of how it is. I think for me, it's always, and I love working with athletes. That's really my passion now. And I'm still competitive myself. I'm not as fast as I used to be, but I really love working with the athletes. And that's how all of the product development has always gone. And whether it's myself freezing my hydration bladder in the winter, coming up with a solution for it, and then letting it evolve into the first hydration vest, race vest in the marketplace, um, or other things. People usually will come to me with a problem, and they'll say, I'm having a problem with this. A lot of times, they're race-based right. or adventure-based. Um, yeah, early on, I created packs for the Marathon des Saab. People would come to me. This is the type of hydration we use. They give us liter bottles or liter and a half bottles. I need a way to carry two liter and a half bottles in a pack. You know, and I'm running across the desert. Can you help me build something? Right. And I would say, okay. <laughs> and then I would get to my sewing machine and I would build something. And then, and I've, I've done, I still do that, um, where I build custom things for people that I have relationships with. And then, or I'll make modifications to current packs a lot. Um, still do it. And, and then we decide whether we can commercialize it or not. Right. So if you go through my R&D center now, I've got a whole wall full of stuff that we've never commercialized, but at the same time, we're, we're letting the ideas come in. It usually comes in the form of a problem. Mm -hmm. I've got a problem. Right. How can we solve this? And then they come to me to help me solve it, help them solve it. Sometimes the athletes will actually come with a solution too, and, but sometimes they just say, I'm having this problem, help me. Mm -hmm. And so we'll come up with a solution to the problem. Uh, and that's one thing that has been really important to me over the years, too, is just to always try to innovate and be the innovator in the field and, and not, do, not just put a different logo or a different color on something that somebody else has already done, but try to do something unique. Right. Well, that brings me to a question. I mean, what, what is it that drives you to be so innovative? Like, instead of just saying, okay, here's this pack or here's this belt, we nailed it. 
right? I mean, what drives you to go, no, we can go farther, we can do more, we can tweak this? I mean, what, what is that? I, I'm really not sure what drives me other than I just love being outside. You know, and kind of my quote that I use all the time now is just inspiration comes from time in the mountains. And for me, it's like this morning I got up, 4 o'clock, was out the door by 4.30. I ran up Angel's Landing in Zion, you know, and I summoned before this, you know, before it got light. Right. And when I'm out there doing things like that, I've, I've trained my mind to become keenly aware of what's going on with my gear. Okay. And with that, my mind instantly kicks in and I'll start thinking about it. What can I do to solve this issue that's happening? It might be a chafing issue. It might be an accessibility issue. It may be a freezing issue. Um, it may be just an annoyance. And especially when you get into later stages of, of a race or an event, <clears throat> things annoy you more. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah, the little things become big. Little, little molehills become mountains. Right. And, <clears throat> and so... Um, I've cut a good enough relationship with the athletes we work with, which, you know, I work with some of the most phenomenal athletes in the world, and I love them all, personal relationship with all of them. Um, but I also do it myself as well, too. And they come to me with problems, and they, mm -hmm. they'll just speak up. This worked. In fact, I built a prototype once, and um, Carl Meltzer was here, and, and he said, that's pretty cool. I want to try that out. But I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, like, threw it on his back, and he ran across Zion. I think he did the trans traverse, you know, the 40, uh, 42 miles or whatever, trans Zion. And he it chafed his back so bad, oh. he just wore <laughs> a big hole in his back. <laughs> He's like, well, that one didn't work very good. And it's like, yeah, it didn't work very good. <laughs> so... Anyway, but that's, you know, they, they get a kick out of it, too, and they're willing, you know, I've worked with them long enough that they're willing to, to gamble with it. And then on the other hand, I've had people that I've built a prototype, they'll take it out of the box, they'll go into a huge race, which I wouldn't recommend to anybody, and mm -hmm. they, they've just, they just have enough faith that they'll, they'll jump into it and right. they, they realize that it's going to work. Yeah. So as far as what drives me to it, I really think it's my passion for the outdoors mm -hmm. And then my passion for trying to make improvements, I find myself doing it on almost everything now. Like I have ideas on cars. I have ideas on, you know, it's uh -oh. once yeah, you get I, Joel oh. needs help. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. What do you know about Volvos? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so but you, you kind of, you can drive yourself crazy trying to correct everything. I've kind of, over the years, my design philosophy has evolved, though, um, from being a little more complex to simplifying more mm -hmm. and trying to trying to the whole, um, you know, less is more approach to things. Um, and I think that that's probably just as I've grown and, and matured that I've realized that simple is better for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that that's just part of the evolution, you know, of design. But I, I, I love everything design wise and I, I keep my eye out for good design and and I have a tendency to kind of be overly critical of things. Um, in, in all avenues because of the career that I've had. Yeah. So, well, I think for me, I mean, we, we had this quick discussion before we came on as I've, I got to, or, or met you or got to know you like right out of the gate with ultra spire. Yes. And one of the things that's always drawn me, like we, we talk about ultra spire a lot. And if you look at my house, it's loaded, right? <laughs> I, anytime I run, that's what I got on. Right. Pretty much. But, but what I, what draws me so much just 
fascination just the type of person you are is you you work with some of the best athletes right Real, i mean carl melters and jeff brownings and magdalene Boulay. yeah mm-hmm. just and through the years yeah. others as well yeah but like 20 years some of them yeah, yeah. and but it, what blows my mind is you have personally sent stuff and messages to joel to yep. me and mm-hmm. people we know that are not that class <laughs> right right yeah exactly we're, we're just like we're mid packers we're mid packers mm-hmm. but you take you you are serious about hey what do you think of this yeah. wear this let me know what you exactly. think exactly and we tell you mm-hmm. what it is and you're like okay it's not like you focus so much on these you know five six people right. that are on top of the charts you you take information from everybody and yeah. it, it makes us feel like vested right right oh that's cool it's Thank like you. well this is pretty cool that he would take right trust us to give him information that mm-hmm. we're not just yahoos which right. we are um, <laughs> no, you're much. not. You guys have done great. I have fun runs with you too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I mean, you just you have that connection with so many people, and you you let everybody be a part of it, right? right? And I think to me, that's one of the things that I don't know of many companies, and I've been in the industry on different levels, but it's usually like, oh, we made this shoe for this athlete. You right. should wear it. It's like, well, I don't run a <laughs> sub not, I'm anything. Not Killian Jornet, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, or, or whatever it might be. But you, I don't know what you do is to me is completely different than everybody else. And I think at the end of the day, when you see the product, it, it shows, right? Yeah, I think I have some little quirks. First of all, I think that I just love people in general and I admire everybody that's out there. And um, the whole goal <coughs> with my whole career has been trying to make their time in the outdoors more enjoyable. Mm. And it doesn't matter if it's the fastest person out there or the slowest person out there. <coughs> um, it's, it's still... You know, if we can commit them to being outside and to exercising and to healthier lifestyle and making their time outside more enjoyable, then they're going to have a better life. And so I think that's the whole thing that drives behind it. And one of the quirks here that I have, and the girls will tell you, I just, I want it to be a human company, meaning I don't want an answering machine. I will not allow an answering machine. Well, we do have an answering machine, but it's just after hours. Right. Um, but at the same time, I want a real human to answer the phone. And I want customer service to really talk to the customers. And sometimes people will call us here and, and we'll answer on the first or second ring. And they're like, what? You I so got a person? <laughs> yeah, scare exactly. and, and actually, uh, you're talking to me? And <laughs> yeah. uh, and then just a minute, I'm, I'm going to run in and ask the president of the company and see if he has any ideas on what to do with this. And then, you know, it's just, and granted, we're small. Right. But at the same time, even as we grow, that's one of my quirks that I've always said, a person's always going to answer the phone. Right. That's, all, and, that's neat, though. And, and it's because I want people to feel that human element of the passion they feel when they're outside and doing their sports, whether it's running, biking, skiing, anything human-powered. That's really our passion is just human-powered sports. Um, I want them to be able to enjoy that experience, and I want them to, you know, be able to enjoy that experience with the help of the products that we create. Well, and I think I can personally attest to that, right? You spoiled us in the fact that we don't run in when it's dark without a Lumen 600, yeah, period. That's, so that's, that's ruined us. Me and Joe went for a run the other day, and I didn't bring mine. I had my headlamp, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's this isn't fun, yeah, right? Because exactly. we're so used to it now, I and know. now for us, it's like that's just a go-to regardless of what we're doing, and uh-huh. it's dark, period. Yeah. So for us, it's like the new norm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that had a whole other story behind that one as well, too. You know, um, Just the whole Lumen category, which is another revolution in the industry, mm-hmm. is just... Um, you know, as I get older, as I got over 40 years old and realized 
that your night vision isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> That's and so true. <laughs> and, and then also, I love trails. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll run the roads, especially when I travel. I'll run roads, and there's something fun about just getting out and getting into a pace and cruising and flying along a road. But at the same time, trails are my passion. Right, yeah. And I realized that when I was running trails, I couldn't run as fast at night as I could during the day. Mm-hmm. And it drove me crazy. And then I was tripping on little things that it's like, I didn't see that. What just caught my toe, <laughs> you know? And it, it was driving me crazy. And so that's when I just realized I, I have a background also. I've had part of my life where as a professional photographer. And I just knew that when you're taking a really good photo of somebody, you never use the flash that's on top of the camera. You just don't do it. And it's because the person looks flat. The light is completely flat. Their face is flat. You don't see any of the details around the eye sockets or around the nose or anything like that. Professional photographer will pull it off. They'll pull it off to the left or the right or up or down or whatever, according to the feeling that they're trying to create. Okay. But <coughs> because, because of that, I realized, oh, my word, you know, with lights, when it's right on your head, it's in the same angle as your eyes. Right. When it's the same angle of your eyes and it shines down on the rocks, the rocks are going to all look flat. Mm. There's no shadows. Right. <coughs> and so because of that, the same thing is happening within a photograph where everything looks flat. And so that's what's tripping me because I don't see the shadows. Mm-hmm. You don't see the depth. Right. So we've really created what we're calling 3D lighting. And it's really the first of its kind. But 3D lighting allows by bringing the, the light down on the waist... It casts small shadows across, even little dimples in the trail where it's just a little dimple, maybe drops four or five inches, and then it goes back up again. It's not even a stump or a rock or a twig or something like that that you're going to catch your tone. It's just a little dimple that just kind of throws you off. Mm-hmm. You see all of it now. Right. And so not only 600 lumens being super bright, yes, it but is. it has <laughs> to do with it's super bright. <laughs> yes, it and is. And I have some other lights that, woo, <laughs> I'll have to show you guys later. All right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. But, but you're right. And that's what's allowed me, like running Angel's Landing this morning, pitch black, no moon. Right. Stars are in vibrance, but you know what? It was all the way to the top, all the technical stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just illuminated the whole path and just it just full-on speed. Do so you double it up? Do you go the lumen and uh, the head one? <coughs> um, sometimes I do. What? So what's your go-to on your head? Um, I, I like light and simple. Okay. And I, I have the primary light be on the waist. Right. Because you want the shadows. Right. That's your Lumen 600. The Lumen 600. Okay. And that's my go-to for there. We have two styles. We have uh, the 2.0 version. The 2.0 version has a pocket for a cell phone. Um, that's the one I've got. That's the one yeah. Eric's got. And yeah. it's awesome because yeah. a lot of people are using Strava now and then also for safety's sake. It's yeah, good yeah. to have your phone with you. And so mm-hmm. it carries a cell phone beautifully. It's very stable, very solid. Mm-hmm. We also came out with another version just called the 600R. That's the one I've got. And the 600R is awesome too. It's super light and super simple. Yeah. Um, and, and But it's also the 600 lumen. I, I go with a black diamond piece usually on the top. Okay. Black how many, how many lumens is up there, do you think? Um, usually I think 150 okay. is good. Okay. So that's kind of average, Yeah, right? just light and simple. Just when you turn your head, you turn got Turn your something. head or you want to look at your watch right. or things like that. Tie your shoe or tie something. Your shoe. <laughs> I, f- I find 90% of the time, though, I don't use a headlamp. Right. Um, the only time I really do now is with if I'm doing a lot of scrambling. Mm-hmm. And we also have a wrist light that um, works. It's a hundred lumens, super light. You wear it like you would a watch. And if you put your hand up or if you want to look at different things, that will work as well too. But a headlamp, I'll use it mostly in really technical terrain. 
where um, where I need to look in different directions, up or right. down or around, mm-hmm. and not just at the trail ahead of you. Then right. I'll, th- I'll throw a headlamp on. That's what we found. That we love the 600, but when you double it up, it, it just makes running at night so much more enjoyable. Yeah, well, it's not it's like, it's you're, like you're not even at night anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. You know, so if you hear a spooky in the bushes, you can look over real quick, and if it reflects back, you know, instead of just swiveling around. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a really really great combination. Um, it's a very durable light. And the 600 lumens works really well. It so. does. It's quite bright. Well, it's, it's crazy because we've been running 10 or so plus years, right? And in the dark, and you've always had a headlamp. That was it, right? Yeah. yeah. And now you add this component, and you're almost to the point where you're like, wait a minute. Why has this not been around exactly <laughs> longer? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, it is an absolute game changer. It is. Period. It's, it's a one, another one of those aha moments. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's when I think the best designs are they they come as those aha moments um, where it's just like, whoa, why didn't somebody think of that? Well, they didn't, so let's go with it, you know? Right. And so it's 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 really wonderful. We've had a lot of those, you know, in my career, and it's it's been fun, so. Well, that, well, like for someone like me who's been, I would never have thought that, right? It's just like, this is this is the norm. This mm-hmm. is how it works. This yeah. is what you do is wear a headlamp. Mm-hmm. And it, it boils down to, is it 100? Is it 500? That's what was encapsulating right it was never the thought of the angle or the shadow it was right. like my light's not bright enough my light's not bright enough exactly. you know but yeah, then so you, you come keep out increasing the brightness yeah, yeah. And, and then your eyes are jagged you look up at the sky and all the stars are bouncing yeah. you know yeah <laughs> yeah and they're they're making actually making some good headlamps there's a lot of good companies out there and they're making some good headlamps and they're doing some with spot cones and flood cones and mm-hmm. they've got all different fancy things but for me and this is just my personal opinion i think simple is better right yeah. i like on off a simple button. And again, I'm thinking race strategy. I'm thinking, okay, when I'm in the later stages of a race, can I remember to swipe my head ac- hand across the front of a headlamp in a certain way to turn it on or off? <laughs> you know, I can't do it. My no. brain doesn't function like that. But I can push a button with a finger. Right. And, and I want to just turn it on or turn it off. I don't want to have to do a lot of complicated things. Right. So I, I prefer, again, I talked earlier about my mind evolving from a design standpoint, you know, I'm, I'm becoming less intrigued by the complex things and more intrigued by the simple things just because knowing how my body functions when I'm fatigued. And, and, and it goes back to the grassroots of, okay, put some water in, put some food in, push a button, make sure your shoes are tight and move, you know? <laughs> and so it's just like, comes down you to can't it. think beyond much beyond yeah. that. So Well, there's enough complex things, right? I mean, yeah. the simpler things, regardless if you're racing, but if I, if I get a, a race vest, right, I yeah. want to look at it and say, oh, that's what that's for. Right. I yeah. don't want to have to Google how oh, something gosh, works. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, and those straps me and Joel for? have done that. We've yeah. actually gone to OR yeah. and yeah. looked at stuff right. and we're Sat there for 15 minutes. Why would they do? What's this for? And, and we're I, smart people too. I would like. I would like to <laughs> I think, think so. I think yeah. me and Joel together can can figure stuff out. <laughs> exactly right. right? <laughs> you know? yeah. But sometimes it's it is. It's like too complicated mm-hmm. instead of straightforward. Right. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. And, and there's different technology. But if I want something, it's for a purpose. It's where's the pocket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where's the bungee? Can I zip that? Right. That's it. It's right. not, well, you know, at noon, this one will flash and the mm. magic door opens. But exactly. Two, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you don't yeah. want to think. And, and that's what is so great about, again, your product. Is, it's straightforward. Yeah. Right? It's not complicated. Oh, good. And Thank it makes you. it easier, not just in a race, but just right. general use. Right? Also, the quality of the materials. Yeah. Oh, use. thank you. 
are yeah, we've, so we, much better than we, most other packs out there. We really t- put a lot of pride and a lot of emphasis in the quality again. And I, th- I think there's part of a trend. I've been trying to follow the trends lately in the marketplace. And um, one of the trends that I'm seeing happening is um, a trend towards um, simplification. Right. And then a trend towards... Um, um, one thing works for all. Okay. Um, instead of, in, for example, instead of having a pair of rugged trail shoes, racing trail shoes, um, road shoes, mm-hmm. and lightweight road shoes, and racing road shoes, you know, and, and that's kind of what I have in my closet. Right. Um, the younger generations, what I'm seeing happening is these younger generations are, they want to buy quality. Right. Um, and they'll spend money for quality. Yeah. But they want one shoe that works okay. for everything. Right. And it's a hard thing. And so it is. they'll end up with they'll end up with a really good durable trail shoe that also works on the road. And right. they'll buy one shoe. Okay. And they'll use it for hiking. They'll use it to approach to get into a climb. Mm-hmm. They'll use it to run on the roads with and they'll run that one shoe until it's dead and then they'll get another pair of the same shoe. Right. <laughs> um and 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 that's the trend. They're not as there's not as a lot of the younger generation is not as concerned about weight. Okay. They're not as concerned about you know, time, they're more incur- concerned about the experience that they're having in, in the outdoors, okay. whether it's the roads or the trails or whatever. And so their gear goes towards that. They're starting with a little more minimalist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so the trend I see in packs is going to go in the similar direction, okay. where it's like like what style of pack would work for mountain biking, cross-country skiing, okay. climbing, trail running, racing, mm-hmm. um, you know, w- w- where can you go with it and how far can you go with it? Now, there's right. always going to be a need for, n- you know, s- a couple of packs. Or super niche. Yeah, yeah. 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 niche stuff. For certain niche stuff. But I kind of see that trend happening overall. And so it'll be interesting to see how far that goes. Right. You know, how far can you make one product that works really, really well mm-hmm. for a lot of things? Right. And then people are willing. So... W- Back to your materials comment that you made earlier. I kind of cut you off a little bit there. I'm That's sorry. Okay. Um, we we put huge amount of pride in our materials, mm-hmm. and we usually choose between nylons or polyesters. Polyesters are better for surfaces against the skin, okay, because it's going to draw the moisture away. Um, I also like. I think breathability is a big issue oh, yeah. too. Um, yeah, Eric and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. I think. Yeah. We were talking about some packs that we had tried this summer, and one of them's pretty hot pack right now and i liked how it fit but i didn't like how it breathed and i found myself feeling just kind of clammy in it right right and i i've, I've had the same experience you know because there's a lot of they're trending you know styles right now towards like a piece of clothing a stretchy piece of clothing and that you put on definitely what this pack and is. it's like whoa and, and that's you know, one of the things that i look at and i actually taken those packs and i've measured their surface area that they're covering on your body mm-hmm. and it's huge right and so it's maybe not that big a deal if you're racing in the mountains but for me it is because i'm a high output guy and i sweat <laughs> a lot right and so when i put on something like that and i run in it like i feel like i'm in a tourniquet even if it's stretchy mm-hmm. if i feel like i'm in a tourniquet and i get hot really fast right and so i think that that will be another trend it's going to be i think there's going to be a balancing act between um, you know, like we have a pack called the Zygos, mm-hmm. and the Zygos is just a wonderful pack. I know Eric um, has run in that yep. run a lot. 
Um, and it's kind of a nice balance where, you know, it's not covering your whole entire back and it's not covering all the up your sides, up to your armpits, and it's not covering your whole chest. Just enough to have everything accessible. Right. But not so much that you're going to get hot. Right. And so that's where the balancing act comes in. It's like the more part of your body you cover with the pack, the hotter you're going to get, no matter what way you look at it. It doesn't you're matter what material it's made it is. out of. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yep. Yeah. Even polyester, it's you're still going to be hot. Right. It's so going to, you may be dry, but you're going to be hot. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's one of the uh, trends as well, that I think it's gone a little bit overboard towards covering your whole body like you're putting on a, a uh, you know. Like a shirt. A stretchy shirt. Yeah. And it's like, no, that doesn't work because you're going to overheat mm-hmm. really quick. Well, it kind of goes back to the difference between wearing a long sleeve shirt and a sleeveless shirt, right? Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter it how light it is. If it covers your arms, your arms are going to get warm, right? Yeah, yeah. you're going to warm up. Yeah, mm-hmm. so kind of basic there. So, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back because we have some other some fun questions for you um, and to dive in a little bit deeper. So right. we'll be right back. All right. Thank you. Did you know that life insurance companies calculate your policy rates based on your nearest age, not your actual age, and rates increase as you get older? Lock in the best rate possible by getting a free quote today. Learn more and get a free quote today at healthiq.com backslash trail manners or mention promo code trail manners when you talk to a health IQ agent. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to Trail Manners Podcast, episode 107. We are here with Bryce Thatcher, the master of hydration that's we, right we pinned um and so before we kind of broke away there you talked about a little bit about the trends mm-hmm. right right what do you see in in the vests in the belts in the handhelds is there like you see more trends towards one piece like more packs being sold more waist belts what's the trend look like in your eyes for that um, stuff I, th- I think there has been a really big trend towards race vests um and in the U.S., people still carry a lot of handhelds, yep. um, and the racing situation is very different in the U.S. than in in Japan, for example, or in Europe, um, where the aid stations are much closer together in most races. And Wait, over there or here? Here. Okay. okay. So in the U.S., right. um, aid stations are closer together, right. and they generally, in most of the races, don't have mandatory gear that you have to carry. Right. That's true. And so I think because of that, handhelds have been very popular here mm-hmm. and very minimalist, either racing with just running shorts with pockets right, or very minimalist waist pa- packs. We have a new one that we just came out with um, coming out now called the Fitted Race Belt. Okay. And it's kind of a stretchy race, race belt that will allow you to carry bottles or... Um, or gels or gloves or mm-hmm. a jacket or something like that in a stretchy way around your waist. Okay. Um, so in the U.S., it's a little more minimalist approach. Right. In Japan, for example, they sell very few handhelds. Okay. And in Europe, they sell very few handhelds. Hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is because of their racing style. Right. And then also probably government agencies in Japan, for example, coming down and saying you need to carry this, 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 this with you right. in order to even carry on the race or get the permit or whatever. Right. And so they have a tendency to carry little bigger packs. Okay. Like the Zygos would be a small pack for them. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. The Zygos is huge for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can stuff everything in there. Exactly. It's a mountain pack for me. It is, right? <laughs> so I, I put mine on. I stuffed Joel in it. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's like Master Blaster. <laughs> yeah. So put Yoda in the back. Yeah. I, I think that one of the cool trends, though, um, worldwide, is the increase in the amount of trail running that's going on. 
Right. And even in China, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're finding ways to get out and to enjoy the outdoors and to gain an appreciation for the outdoors and protect mm-hmm. the outdoors and to protect right. their wild spaces and stuff like that. And that's really refreshing to me. Yeah. Um, that people are actually getting out. Um, and so the, the number of races... Um, trail races has just grown exponentially. Isn't it crazy? Crazy. There's one every weekend now. <laughs> every weekend, yeah. Com- compared Easily to what you, week- like when you started. Yes. Right. Compared to what there is now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you can almost hit a 100 miler every weekend now. Yeah, <laughs> you almost could. Yeah, that's going to be somebody else's um, oh, oh goal. Who's going to try to pull that one off? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, 5,200 milers in a year. Oh, it's, it's, someone's already writing it down. They, they are. are right? They've got it on their bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> Carl oh. Meltzer or somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so speaking, you know, kind of speaking of the trends and what they're going, what are, because we just, we you talked about the, the stretch waist belt. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the running event is take is taking place. You guys did an awesome little uh, live shot from the running event, yeah. Um, showing some of your new gear, and I, right. I'm going to stop real quick because oh, yeah. I have to do this. I've been, he's I, been, I haven't, I haven't said anything to you because I'm, I, I'm, I don't want to be that guy, right? right. Yeah, but, but I'll I be that love guy. the speed goat belt, right? I love it. I yeah. hate waist belts. Yeah. Always have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the speed goat. Of course, now I like the one bottle too. The yeah, what's the, the synaptic? Synaptic yeah. for shorter runs. But I love the speed goat belt. My only beef was I can never carry my phone. Yeah, or I couldn't carry more gear, right. and I think I kept telling Joe, "Man, man, man." And I'm like, only, "When we go, they would only." And I'm like, "When we go down there, I'm going to talk to him about it." Yeah, I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm gonna have him sew me a, a new I'm pocket. Do, yeah, right. I have some yeah. Levi material, whatever exactly, it is, right? Yeah. And then we see the the run live event, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" It's like <laughs> that's what that I wanted. Golden, gold. You know, it's the Holy Grail moment. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, I have a funny story behind that. Oh, one. Man, I'm ready because <laughs> okay. that's my favorite thing. So, so I made my whole universe. So I ran Speed Goat, um, the Speed Goat race. For those of you who don't know it, it's it's Carl Meltzer's awesome race, and you know outside of Salt Lake City at Snowbird. And um, I guess it was two years ago I ran it with all of my kids. Yes. So all hmm. five of my kids, and um, we all got to the finish line. But anyway, I I ran in the Speed Goat. Right. Um, because I wanted the two bottles. Yep. Yeah. And but because I needed to carry my own energy foods, just because I'm kind of quirky and I like to carry my own energy foods, okay. um, I made myself a pocket. Did you? For the front of my speed Nice. <laughs> and so when I came across the, the finish line, and Carl Meltzer was there to yeah. you know, congratulate me and give me my hug, and he's like, good job, man. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And he's like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's a pouch. He goes, oh. Uh, that's cool. I need that. <laughs> and he's like, that will work great on the Appalachian Trail. Right. And I'm like, really? And he goes, yeah. And I'm so I took my pack off, pulled the pouch off, emptied all the the sweaty, the stinky goo packets and all right. the salts and everything out of it, and gave it to him. And that's what he used on the Appalachian oh, Trail. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, cool. so anyway, and then after that, I realized, hey, this is a good thing. So then it became a product. Yeah. And so we're introducing it this year. Oh. Carries cell phone, carries jacket, carries lots of foods on the front of the speed goat. But for those minimalists that don't need it, you can remove it. That's that's amazing because there you go. I love the speed goat belt and I wore an Elva Carol last year. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't take my phone because of that. Right. Or I'd have to throw on like a, a spry or something, you know, to carry a phone and right. maybe something else. So this is going to be my biggest game changer for 2018. He's happy now. Oh, yeah, so and happy. it's in, an interesting thing guy. because for some reason, waist belts have a bad rap. Yeah, I well, could see that. Initially, they, they bounced around they quite bounced a bit. They bounced around yeah. a lot. And yeah. they, they would hurt your hips. And so we, we spent so much time on the design of these trying to make them balance. Right. So that you don't have to have the waist belt so tight. Yeah. Um, 
And, and so both the synaptic and the speed goat are just awesome, awesome, awesome waist belts. So for me, I, I will wear those up to a certain distance. Now, you think about it, a waist belt. What would be the disadvantage is if it does bounce. Yep. Um, that's a disadvantage. The uh -huh. other disadvantage is that um, you can get chafing around your waist. Right. Yep. Or you can get pressure points around your stomach. Yeah. Yep. And people feel if they get pressure points around their stomach, it's going to upset their stomach. And they're going to, you know, th then when they get sick in the later stages of the race, they're going to throw up and it's going to aggravate it and stuff like that. So right. these are all the things that give it a bad rap. Yeah. But aside from those packs not bouncing, the positive side of a waist belt, coming back to our discussion on surface area covered by the body. Right. Yep. They are so much cooler mm -hmm. and faster in aid stations. Right. Um, oh easier yeah. to get fluids in and out. Keeps the center of gravity low. Mm -hmm. With center of gravity low, you're going to be in better balance. Right. And so especially on technical terrain, the thought of carrying a pack way high up on your shoulders, you look at the energy efficiency of keeping it down low on your waist. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going to be much more efficient carrying the weight low on your waist right. yeah. than up on your shoulders. And so there's a lot of advantages of waist belts, too. And so I think that hopefully there'll be a resurgence back. The Speed Goat has sold well. Right. And, um, and, but, and there's a real following of people. And I've tried to get Carl over the years, try this pack, try this pack. And he'll, he'll try them, and he'll put them on, but he always goes back to the Speed Goat. Right. And then sometimes when he does really long stuff, he'll carry both. Yeah. yeah, and you can do that with a speed goat uh, race vest and uh, over top of the speed goat as well too. So yeah, this is this is the coolest thing. I was so excited, yeah. like I cannot wait for that piece to come out. <laughs> um, so kind of going into 2018, um, since it's kind of out there, what are what are some of the products we we, we covered? Kind of the uh, the uh, elastic belt or what's that one called? The, the fitted name? race the belt. The fitted, fitted race, race, belt. race belt. Yeah, this is a sized piece. Um, it's um, a very stretchy mesh, four-way stretch mesh, but it's a mesh instead of just a swimsuit material. So a lot of people are using a nylon swimsuit oh material. Yeah. Okay. And so it's nice and fine, and it looks nice, and the colors are vibrant, but again, heat. Right. Um, and then also with being nylon, it's not going to breathe as well as a polyester. Okay. okay. And so we wanted a polyester because it's going to be against your skin. Mm -hmm. We want it to breathe. But it's also a mesh, so it does have holes in it. Right. So it's a stretchy. It has five pockets. Wow. Um, one of the pockets is big enough for, you know, a, th uh, a water bottle. Okay. Um, and then um, the other pockets, there's a zippered pocket on it, too, for security's sake, uh, you know, a credit card, a driver's license, some money, your right. car keys, things like that. And then it has um, a place to put a cell phone. Mm -hmm. also, it also has a bungee cord on it that you could carry Z-poles or you could carry a jacket on it as wow. well, too. Okay. I, love, I love any piece with a bungee. Seriously, yes. because Lons it's is so a functional bungee, though. Yeah, functional. It's be functional. Yeah, but uh, it, but and it all can't the take pieces. Twenty minutes to figure it out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly. it's got to be like, oh, I know exactly what. It's, it's a for. bungee. Yeah. yeah, and you could use it for almost anything. Yeah. You know, bun bungees are great. I'm mm -hmm. I can hook my sunglasses to it, yeah. I can hook gloves to it, hat to it, jacket to it, you right? Put poles to it, things like that. And okay. so, so they do a good job. So this piece, it's fitted, um, and it stretches a lot, and it and it's it's also contoured. Um, a lot of the the fitted, you know. Um, belts that are out there now that you just pull on like you would a pair of underwear. Right. You know, and we really started that trend with our original Quantum. Yeah. If you guys remember I that. I remember that one. Um, but uh, they're all round, meaning they're complete cylinders. This mm -hmm. one we've actually shaped it in such a way 
that it's it's made smaller at the waist and bigger at the hips. Oh, okay. So that naturally yeah. it rides lower on the body. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we're trying to keep the weight as low as possible so that it doesn't come up into your gut, but also so you don't have to have it quite as tight to keep it from bouncing. Right. So it'll just rest on your hips. Okay. And so that's something unique that we've done that nobody else has done yet. And again, it's trying to take a product, looking at the faults with the prob- product, trying to create a way that we can make it better. Mm. Um, so better materials, better fit, better shape, better pocket configuration. Right. Um, so that piece is really nice. The original athletes, in fact, when I first, uh, Ian Sharman and Magda Louis um, Boulay came out, I guess it was last year. It was just in the prototype stage at this point. And they came and stayed with me for a while in my house, and we had a wonderful time. They were running across Zion and things like that. And and I just said, hey, guys, I got a piece here. You want to try it out? And they're like, oh, sure. You know, and they looked at me, and, and, the, and then they put the race vest on. Um, I think they're both running in probably the Zygos because they're trying to do self-supported stuff. And then they put that on underneath, and they ended up having an epic day, really big day. And then when they came in, and I picked them up on the other side of the mountain, I'm like, hey, guys, it's awesome. How you doing? You know, high-fiving everybody. And, and they came in, and I'm, I'm like, how'd the pack do for you? And they're like, Oh, we forgot we had it on. Yeah, it worked great. We didn't even <laughs> know we were wearing it. <laughs> so that's that a good thing, a great right testament. there. Yeah, yeah. It's right? just it's it's like it's just like wearing a pair of shorts. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's super nice. That's the fitted race belt. Um, and we also have um, we've updated the um, the Astral. Yeah, we saw that. that and and this actually one of your guys' good friends, Debbie Farka. Um, she <laughs> she was kind of an inspiration behind this, you know, because she's. Uh, a petite runner, right. phenomenal runner, um, one of one of my good friends as well as your guys' good friends, and and she as she would lose weight, we used to have two size of astrals, right, and we had a size small and a size standard size, mm-hmm. and we did that for people who had a little bit narrower shoulders, right, and they they were still some people, the the smaller people were having a hard time with the shoulder straps falling off their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And because the the astral, for those of you who don't know, the astral is designed to go around the woman's chest instead mm-hmm. of right over the top of it. It's right. really the only truly women-specific pack out there. Yeah. Um, but you see, we want it to fit all women. Right. And no matter what your size, we want it to fit all of them. So we listened to the feedback. We had a couple of versions of it come out. It sold well for us. But again, we were listening to the athletes, and, and we had a few customers that called in and they said, I can't keep it on my shoulders. It's falling off my shoulders. So I actually went into my back room, <laughs> got some bungee cords, right. got some clips, and made little clips for them to hook on to help them hold their pack on their shoulder straps. Right. And then I made five or ten extra. If we had any other customers call in, just send this to them, and it will take care of them. Don't worry. And so it made me think a lot. Well, a couple of things. One is, how can we solve this issue? Mm-hmm. And so we've changed the front configuration of it so that the the top sternum is a little bit higher mm-hmm. and we changed the pocket configuration. And then the other th- thing that we realized is almost everybody now is running with a cell phone of some for- mm-hmm. right. point and they also like bottles in the front of any configuration, whether it's a hard bottle, a soft bottle, whatever, they like bottles. Mm-hmm. Now the Astro comes with a reservoir still, but we made the front pockets much more user-friendly for a cell phone, any size cell right. phone, um, as well as carrying a multitude of bottles in the front pockets right. as well, too. Mm-hmm. So, again, listening to athletes, 
that we have a close relationship within. And I don't solve the problems instantly. I just listen to the complaint or the problem, try to help them immediately with any solutions I can come up with. But then on the next version, when we come up with the next version, I say, okay, how can we solve any issues that are going on with the, this product right now? Right. And so the new Astral 3.0, just phenomenal piece. We increased the capacity a little bit. Um, didn't increase the weight, but increased the fit a lot and increased the usability of the pockets a lot. Right. So that's new force as well. And then we have another new piece um, called the Momentum. I'm looking forward to looking at this one. Yeah, right. the Momentum. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to give you one of my samples we, I have we here. We saw that when we were at Browning's house, yeah, I Jeff think. Yeah, Browning. He was he testing one or something. Yeah, yeah he, he has one. one. And, and um, so the Momentum is <clears throat> another trend that I'm sensing is there's kind of a division among athletes on, well, three things. Bottles in hands, mm -hmm. bottles in front, yeah. or bottles in back. Oh, okay. You know, and we had the old kinetic. The kinetic's a wonderful piece. I love the kinetic. Um, and we have kind of a cult following of the kinetic. We just didn't sell a lot of them. Right. And so it's a discontinued piece. But with that in mind, it's like we had a few of our elite athletes that came to us and says, I want bottles in the back. Right. And so I wanted to create a piece that gives people the choice. Okay. You want bottles in the front or bottles in the back. So the front pockets are completely flat. Mm-hmm. But they're still big enough that you can fit one of our 550 Ultra Flask in it, right? Um, or you can fit a soft flask, or mm -hmm. you can fit, you know, straw bottles or whatever in the front pockets. But they're completely flat, very contoured shape. It's actually we built it off of the template of the Alpha, which has been one of our best sellers yep. overall, continues to be one of our best sellers. Mm -hmm. So it fits really well. Um, and then the back of it has the ability to carry um, a bottle on each side in the back as mm -hmm. well, too. Plus Z-poles that you can get out on the go. <coughs> when we first developed it, I gave Jeff Browning a prototype. Um, like you said, he you know, he loved it, except, except for, for me to use this, I've got to be able to get ready for this race, and I need to be able to get my Z-poles on and off. Right. So I made changes to it. So it has the ability, with bungees again, which can be universally used. I use it for jackets, whatever, but you can get Z-poles on and off on the go. Right. And I think they're carried in the back, which I think is where they need to be carried, instead of in the front, so it stays out of your arm swing. Right. Um, so the Momentum's a great piece, super light. I think it's six ounces. Uh, don't quote wow. me on that. I'm just off memory right now. Okay. but. Um, it's super light piece. 7.2 ounces. Okay. Close yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. 1.2 we'll ounces. 1.2. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so any, it's, it's a super, super <laughs> light piece. Um, it's it, the ability to carry. It's all it's all made out of um, polyester mesh against your skin as well as a four-way stretch. So you're going to get a lot of capacity mm -hmm. when you need it, but it's very flat and fast when you, when you don't need the capacity. Right. And that's what I like about those because some you see that have capacity, but if you don't fill them, they're just like, hot air balloons you right know, they're right. just puffy and yeah. right, right. kind of get in the way so the ones that you can stuff and kind of expand mm -hmm. if you don't need it right you don't, you don't have to worry it's like i can use it and it goes back to what you're saying it's a vest that you can use for all the different things right, right? yeah instead of pigeonholed for right a fast pack day or right. a quick run it can kind of hit all those right right those yeah. specs yeah. and it's got a great shape to it it's got our max o2 sternum on it which is you know just wonderful because it allows you to breathe um, but it still keeps it stable. It's got mm -hmm. side pockets, front pockets. The side pockets are actually quite large on it because I run with this one a lot in the morning. You can put, you know, gloves, hat. Um, you can put lots of food in the side pockets. Like a sausage egg McMuffin or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> you actually would fit in there fine. <laughs> I'm, so. I'm in, sold. Yeah, I know. I'll take two. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
Well, we just did our our holiday episode last week. Yep. Um, for our podcast, we did, and we we brought up Ultra Spire mm-hmm. gear. Um, and one thing that Joel really called out was the sternum H2 straps yeah. um, or, or the Max O2, Max O2, Max O2 straps O2. because of the elasticity. Yeah. You don't it's have to always adjust them if you're yep. going uphill. If you're And my biggest thing is when you, you carry a large pack, whether it's got hydration in the back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you have it full and you've got a loose in the front, but then you start drinking it out and you got to start wrenching it down. Mm-hmm. That thing adjusts for you. So it's you like guys, one yeah. less thing yeah, to think to worry about, about, right? Yep. And so and that's that's something again that you guys have nailed. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. The so. year before it was so three years ago when I ran Speed Goat, I ran in a Zygos, mm-hmm. and you know I don't need that much capacity for a Zygos, right? But uh, for a Speed Goat, um, I don't need th- that large capacity. But I still ran in the in the Zygos because I like how well it fits. Mm-hmm. And I realized at the end of the race that I ran the whole entire race, which for me is pretty long <laughs> time because I'm not super fast. But anyway, I didn't have to adjust the pack once. Yeah. Not yeah. once, the whole entire race. That's huge. Um, and and that's, that's a big deal. Again, it's trying to come up with ways and solutions to make it easier for the athlete so they have less to think about other than just putting one foot in front of the other and getting to the finish line and yeah. enjoying the experience. So. Well, I think you're totally nailing so much of that and so many reasons one is your love and passion starting at a young age the other one is you've been doing it for so long kind of mm-hmm. you know the the godfather of hydration now right um but and, and just so much more is like you your your testing facility zion area yeah right oh Crazy, it's amazing right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm <laughs> pretty <right>. lucky <laughs> well it's like I, here's here's our conversation today it's like uh so we're on our way down, but our car broke down huh. just outside of Beaver, and you, you message back, oh, that's okay. I just got done running Angel's Landing. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, let's see. That's what's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so a few questions to kind of phase through this. It'll be fun. We're going to put you on the spot just a little bit because this is, this is more for me. What If you could think and pick one, what would you say is your favorite piece of gear you've made? That just holds that special place, whether mm-hmm. it's new, the first one, functional, not. But what's that one that just really holds a special place that you've done? <laughs> That's a hard one. That's you know, what we're I, I keep I keep falling in love with new ones over and over again. <laughs> 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 but I, I think that um, the still my go-to pack most of the time is the Zygos. Is yeah. it? Um, hmm. and, and I think the reason is because it functions so well. And it just fits really well, and you can hold a lot or you can hold a little, and right. it still works. I think that's the most comfortable pack that yeah. you guys have. It's super comfortable. I why? I love it. I but love it, it is the most comfortable pack out of all the ones I've tried. Yeah, and the surface area is a little more than like a spry or something, mm-hmm. but it's not huge. It's not as big as all the other packs out there in the market. So the surface area is low. It's not too hot. Right. You have side pockets. You have front pockets. You have bladder, no bladder. You have the capacity to carry a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, last year I climbed the Grand Teton with my kids, and and um, uh, some of us carried Epics, but l- most of my kids carried Zygos. Did they? Yeah, huh. and it's just they were able to carry the stuff they needed. Ex- so yeah, exactly. So you can use it as a summit pack if you want. Right. Um, and it's also, the other thing is I was talking to a friend just this morning when I was driving back, and she just says, you know that pack? And I'm like, yeah, there's I go. So she goes, that is the best mountain biking pack ah, ever. Wow. There you go. And I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah. 
she says, I have this other pack, you know, the C word, which I, you know, <laughs> Camelback is, I mean, they're good people. I have nothing against them. Uh, but, but again, it's, it's very, very, very basic. Yeah. Um, and she just says, my shoulders hurt and I work on the computer all day. And, and she just says, I don't know what it is about that zygos, but it fits so well. Doesn't hit my knees, stays put. I don't need a waist belt. The Max O2 just keeps it tight perfectly. And yeah. on technical terrain, it's perfect. So It is. Anyway, so I think that if, if you have an overall pack, the Zygos right. is so a way to go. Right, so that's still your favorite. That's your go-to. Yeah, and then the original pack that got us going would have been an Ultimate Direction uh, competitor, it's called. Don't make it anymore. Uh, I know a lot of my friends still have it. It was yeah. basically a very highly colored um, 80s color, you know, nice. with the, the, the lime green and the neon, neon wow. pinks and oh stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to check an eBay. That's yeah. awesome. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just a basically a foam holster that carried a bicycle bottle. Okay. And yeah. and and those, that was probably the one. It was, again, for some reason, you know, creative people, a lot of them are this way. But that was one of those I was thinking of a problem, you know, it's like, and I was mulling over. It's like... How can I kind of keep, again, cross-country skiing, how can I keep a water bottle a little bit insulated but right. still have accessibility to it? And it was one Sunday morning, boom, I woke up. It's like, whoa, I got it figured out, and I had to go to the sewing machine. you know. Yeah. And so, again, that was kind of my <laughs> my method of operation, my MO, and I sewed it together. And I think that's really what put Ultimate Direction on the map was right. the, the competitor, Ultimate Direction okay. competitor pack. And that's it's basically great. a foam holster carried a bicycle bottle mm-hmm. on a piece of webbing. Wow. Mm. Like you look at it now, <coughs> maybe like simplicity, but at the time it was so innovative, right? Yes. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of with that, what do you see anything, you know, and obviously you don't need to say, but do you see anything going forward that you, I don't know, in the market? You know, we talked about trends with, you know, what they like, waste belts and materials, but is there anything like the lumen came out of nowhere for right. some people, not mm-hmm. for you, obviously? Yeah, do I have any other things that are coming out of nowhere? They're cooking, yeah. they're yeah. cooking. I have lots of stuff cooking, yeah. but um, I can honestly say that I don't have anything right now that is groundbreaking. A groundbreaker, right? Because um, those don't happen that often, yeah. right? Um, you know, it's just every few years. There's always little tweaks that happen with materials and stuff, and you know, for me, it's going to be. I, th- I think. I think the next trend, honestly, is, is there's going to be a big pushback on temperature retention and heat. Okay. And and so my mind is really shifting to finding the balance between um, too much surface area and not enough surface area. Because if you cover more surface area, then in theory, you can make the packs flatter. Mm-hmm. And in theory, they could be more stable, but it also makes it a lot hotter. Yeah. And so you're going to sweat more. And if you sweat more, you need to carry more. And you're going to fail quicker right. when you sweat. And so, but at the same time, if it's too little surface area and you have the pack stick six inches off your back and it's only four inches wide, it's mm. going <laughs> to bounce a lot. <laughs> yeah, it will. And so, <laughs> so you can go to the extremes on that. And I think that, um, like all trends, you kind of have the tendency to go from one extreme to the other. And right. then there's going to be a balance in between. <coughs> so I think that the trend that I s- see will occur, I think that the, the vogueness of the putting on a vest that feels like a shirt is mm-hmm. going to go away. Um, and then there'll be a balance coming back towards something that is going to be a little more practical when it comes to a breathability standpoint. Okay. Um, and I'm, I've been working with Magda for a couple of years now just trying to figure out, especially for Western states, 
And we're working on quite a few things with her, trying to keep her body temperatures down. Okay. And so, um, again, uh, working with athletes, what are the issues you're having? How can we help with performance? Mm-hmm. What can we do to, to try to alleviate this? And, and you know, it's, uh, it's very common for me to go upstairs and sew something. And, and last year before Western States, I sewed a few little prototypes for her, even arm coolers, special arm coolers and stuff like that, to try to help with performance. Now, is the product ready for market? No. Right. Um, are there things out there that are approaching that? Yes, but not there yet. Um, so I think that surface area and cooling could be a trend. Okay. Wh- how do you how do you decide what goes to market for you? Like when you come up with all these ideas, and you know, how do you decide? Okay, this we're going with this one. Really good question. Um, like I said, my sample room upstairs just has a lot of just weird stuff that I've created over the years. The Franken room. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what yeah. it is. And it's it's fun. You know, I, I, I get up there and I actually anymore, I, I used to make all my patterns from scratch and then just sew my own prototypes together and stuff. And, and now I do the drawings and the factories, you know, I have good pattern makers that make the samples for me. And then I'll do a lot of modifications now. Right. Um, where I'll change things. They may not look beautiful, but I'll change things and, and, and make modifications. Um, the first thing is I get it out to an athlete. It mm-hmm. usually comes in the form of a problem that they're having or a race that they're doing, and I'll build a sample for them. Um, I'll see how they respond to the sample, mm-hmm. and then I'll usually put crude photos out to um, all of our distributors and a few select dealers. Mm-hmm. There's a few dealers, local meaning specialty-run stores or specialty outdoor stores, where I have a great relationship with them, and I'll just say, what do you think of this idea? Right. Um, some people, and this is an interesting side note, <clears throat> over the years I've realized some people can understand a prototype and other people cannot understand a prototype. If you don't give it to them in perfect form, some people just say it stinks. Right. And um, I've, I've worked with people in the past before where it's like, it's going to be like this, but the color's not going to be like this, and this strap will look a little better here, and the shape will be a little different here, and they'll just say, what did you just say to me? No. You know, <laughs> make, make one that works perfectly, and it's the right color, and it's the right everything, and right. then I'll look at it again. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't visualize what's coming out of my head, and they're like, no way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, but then on the other hand, there's quite a few people that can understand me when I, when I try to s- explain something to them. So I'll take these prototypes that are crude, right. and I'll say the pockets aren't quite right, you know, the elastic's not right, it doesn't stretch enough, the mesh is not quite right, but this is, where I, this is the concept I'm creating. Right. Those are the people that I trust. And then mm-hmm. if they come back and say, I really like it, that's a really great concept, I can see a niche for that, let's go with it. Um, well, the thing that's funny, though, <laughs> back to the Lumen category, when I first built my first prototype, I actually went, cut up an old pack, got an old headlamp, cut it apart, went to Walmart and bought some raw materials for it. I sewed together a sample, ran in it a few times. I really liked it. I brought it into my own marketing team and my own company mm-hmm. and my own staff here, and I put it on the table, and they're just like, hmm, we'll sell 100 of them. We really don't need that in our line. Hmm. You know, and th- they did. They just kind of poo-pooed it. And I'm like, no, I think it's a really good idea. You know, and so some things I just push through. And they're right. gone, and we got a whole new staff. No. That's right, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 and the reality is, the reality is, it, you know, eventually everybody's like, wow, it was a good idea. But yeah. again, it's one of those things that nobody had seen before. Nobody else has done it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those revolutionary things. Well, no, I think it's a good idea. Let's go with it. And now it's, it's, 
it's doing wonderful for us. Mm. Nice. Like the Trail Manage podcast. That's right. There you go. <laughs> awesome. You guys are doing great. <laughs> like, no one's going to like this. No yeah. one's going to. Wait a minute. Oh, it's kidding. Um, so long-term stuff for, for you, for Ultraspire, you know, what are you looking going mm. forward to accomplish or where do you see it going? It doesn't have to be business. It could yeah. be, you know, your personal run goals or adventure goals. Yeah, for climbing. me, for me, I absolutely love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have five kids and um, I'm a single dad and I spend tons of time with my kids and love being with them. Um, I have a couple of kids that sh- are showing a lot of interest in the business. Oh. And so I'm encouraging them to come in, learn the ropes from the mm-hmm. ground up, sweep the floor, you know, put yeah. up the trash, clean the toilet, stuff like that that you uh-huh. need to do. And then I've had them traveling with me. Oh, nice. I take them with me to Vietnam, which is where our factory is. I, I, I teach them how to sew. In fact, it's a really common thing for me when I travel with my kids is I'll give them a piece of white paper. And even when they were little, I would do this. And I would say, okay, here's a piece of white paper. Here's a pencil. I want you to make something. Yeah. And they're like, what? I'm to think of something that you need. My last trip, it was, um, I guess it was in January of la- this, this year, 2017, I took my 16-year-old son, and he's really into motorcycles. And, I, and when I got him out to the factory in Vietnam, um, I said, Matthew, you need to make something. He says, okay, I'm going to make a motorcycle bag that I can strap stuff on the back of my motorcycle. I'm like, go for it. And so it took him a, week, a solid week, but he did the drawings. He learned how to sew. He, he, I showed him all the fabric samples. He cut it out. He sewed it together, and he made a sample, and it's on the back of his motorcycle right now. Wow, that's awesome. That's and cool. and it, it's not the most polished, beautiful thing you've ever seen, but it works, and it functions. Right. And so m- long term, um, I, I have the most wonderful employees ever you know that that work with me now I love them to death they've been here a long time i want to keep them mm-hmm. I, I want it to be um whether it's an employee-owned company or i want it to be a you know a family employee business i want it to grow i want to focus on specialty independent i would love one of my kids if they're interested to come in here and learn the ropes um my personal passion is i i don't think i'll ever retire um but i would like to spend more time outside and more time um, visioning, wor- uh, working on future trends, yeah. and um, working on big picture projects like the Lumen category to create new categories, um, and less time doing day-to-day things. Yeah. Right? And so that would be my personal goals, because for me, it's like Christmas every time I go to a factory, because mm. it's like I do a drawing, make the patterns, and then bam, samples start coming out, and it's right. like fun. And so I get a, a, I have a real passion for that, and I love it. So I don't think that's ever going away. Right. Um, and then I'm hoping that my kids will come in. They're all incredibly athletic, great runners, great yeah, skiers. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, they all ran, pe- they all ran speed goat 50k yeah. with me, and so climbing it, the Tetons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they ran past me. Oh yeah. At like 14 and something at the speed goat one year. I'm like, yeah. this is not right. Yeah. I yeah. Know. My, my my two <laughs> people think I'm crazy, but I think my one son Joshua, he ran it when he was 13. Yeah. That might have been. And, at the time. I and it's him. just like I think he ran. 
seven something. Yeah, you know, that's it, was, fast. it was insane. Yeah. You know how fast he was. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Retiring. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So my kids. That's really my passion in life right now. Is really my kids and just spending time outside. And I just love life and I love love working with people and um, meeting just wonderful people everywhere I go. And and really, that's that's one of the things I've learned. You know, in my life is. You know, just everywhere you go, there's just wonderful people. And I travel around now, and I go to our distributors, and and it just brings so much joy to me when I go to a race in Japan, and you see people are so happy. And then and then when you when you come up and they're one, wearing one of your packs, it makes you even more excited. And the thing that's interesting is even in Zion hiking this summer, I see packs that were built in Rexburg, Idaho, in a sewing factory, and they're still out there, and they're still wow. being used. And it's really fun, because that's they cool. were built in the 80s, you know, yeah. and they're still being used, so. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so this is this is a serious question, because you, you see it a lot more in what I see, because I, I love sports. And so you see it in sports where this quarterback has accomplished so much throughout his career, whether it's records or anything else, and they always ask the question, you know, what do you think of your career? And like, well, when I'm when I'm done with it, maybe I'll look back on it. Right. But as a serious question, have you ever taken a, a second to look back on how you personally have literally changed trail running or skiing right. or influenced it? Influenced because right. I mean let's face it, I mean you, you said you started Ultimate Direction. Right. Okay, there was nothing really before that. No. Right. And just really. see the innovation. Have you ever taken just a moment to not to pat yourself on the back, Sonny, you're not that type of person, but no. just look back and go, wow, that's <laughs> this has been a pretty fun journey, pretty impactful and, and changing so well, much. Yeah. Basically, you have touched every single trail runner in the U.S., whether you realize it or not. Pretty much. Because of your vision, your innovation, and your stubbornness to stick to it. That's really profound. <laughs> yeah. And well. whether you're whether you're going to acknowledge that, and I know we're making you really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, because that's the type but of person. That yeah. turning beet red right now. <laughs> but really, that, that's color. how... <laughs> it is my favorite color. Yeah, yeah, that's how important you are. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, it's amazing to think about that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I, I can think about when I first got into trail running back in the mid-90s. We had that water bottle with the neoprene strap. Oh, yeah. And the come full circle... 20 years later, I am talking to the guy that invented that, yep. right? He he made my entry in the trail running a lot easier because I was able to use that handheld. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really thought about it that way. And that is a, <laughs> that is a loaded question. And, and I think really, I think it comes back to, <clears throat> for me, it just happens one day at a time. And initially, it was, first of all, to make my life better. Right. Then to make my close friends' lives better, right? And then from that, it's like, oh, there's a business. Right. And then, and then everybody became my close friends because I have lots of friends everywhere that, that every time I meet them, I'm actually pretty shy. I see, <laughs> I see somebody on the trail and I'll just smile, they'll walk by, and, you know. <laughs> I, when I'm with my kids or whatever, they'll say, Dad, you got to talk to them, and I'm like, No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it was so easy to get you on the podcast. That's too. right. He's <laughs> like, oh, I love talking. No. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's been a wonderful career and, you know, I, it's still going for me, you know, and I'm still I'm still competing, still getting out there and and I just love the process. Well, I mean, the you're saying competing. I mean, you've wow. had FKTs. Mm -hmm. I still do, I'm sure, yeah. right? Cuz mm -hmm. I mean, so I mean, he had the original FKT on the Grand Teton. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, this is just a hobby. This is like, no, I right. was at 
this level. Yeah. Right. He was, he was yeah. the FK team before FK team was yeah. popular. Right. <laughs> well, I just call it records there. There you <laughs> go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it went for 30 years, you know, the one on the Grand Teton. So, um, yeah, and I just I still love doing things like that. Actually, I'm, I've got a couple of FKTs that are cooking right now. Oh, oh no, that's <laughs> awesome! But I'm not gonna. I'm not. It's, no, it's you can't spill my beans mountain bike. So you're done. Oh, nice. Uh, it's it's on my mountain bike. Um, I've been. Sp- I still run a lot. Uh, volunteer coach cross country. Um, love the kids. We have 90 kids on our team. I'm wow. able to influence <laughs> them and <laughs> make a, a positive influence in their lives. Yeah. You know, and that that just brings me so much joy when we take a kid. We have kids that come off the couch. 30, 40 pounds overweight, mm-hmm. play video games all day long. We put them on the cross-country team, and two years later, they're one of our top runners. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're hooked for life, mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going more grassroots on that end, meaning let's get the kids off their phones, off the video games, mm-hmm. outside, doing fun activities, which is what I did when I was a kid. Right. And um, and I think that th- th- their life experience will be much, much better, and they'll be healthier. Right. Um, and then this mountain bike project that I'm working on, it's it's a doozy, <laughs> you know, and we'll Uh-oh. see. So I've been mountain biking a lot, and um, it will be an interesting project. It will be an FKT. Uh, as far as I know, nobody's ever done it, actually. And Those I'm are always the best. It's hopefully hopefully mostly the, ridable. The OKT, the only known time. <laughs> there you <laughs> yeah, go. Exactly. Right? Like That's that. a good one. It'll stay that way. Yeah. So I'm, I've got one of those cooking, and I, I've actually I've developed a pack specifically around it that I've got prototypes of that I'm testing and working <laughs> on, and it's it's a little bit bigger than the Zygos, and it, it will carry what I need to get around, but wow. it's it's kind of fun, so... Well, the only thing I'm waiting for is the retro pack. It's made out of Levi's. I'm there you go. <laughs> old school, like back to the roots, you know limited cool edition. You send in your own Levi's. <laughs> there you right? go. Send so your old Levi's in. Let's and do then it. He will custom make one for but you. Bedazzled yeah. and everything. But we have to do it on my treadle sewing machine in my there office. Go. You exactly. know, <laughs> the <laughs> retro back to back yep. to school <laughs> pack. So. Well, you know, many things. First, for taking the time to sit down with us today, because I know you're busy and you've got other things you'd rather be doing for sure. Um, Also, for everything that you've helped us with, right? you know, personally, we've had a great relationship with you for over the years, something that we are always excited about. You've had us in your home. You've taken us on runs. Right. Um, You listen to what we have to say, um, which is huge. But also thank you for everything you've done, like Joel mentioned, for everybody. Right, because right. I know you probably don't look at it that way, and I know you're going to turn red again. But that's <laughs> what we do. Right, um, is just saying thanks for being so innovative. Because maybe someone else would have come along with that, but maybe they wouldn't have just been uh, as good as you. Not right. just materials, but as a person, you yeah. know, personable you. and and friend and looking mm-hmm. at it. To hear you have the passion for it, I mean, that really that's why you need to do anything, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, to keep you in the you. game. So we appreciate everything you've done, and and uh, can't wait to see. Not just 2018, but whatever else happens. The next generation is right? coming. That's right. <laughs> I'm always working on lots, so it's it's awesome. Thank you guys for allowing me to share this time with you, and and it's just a wonderful, wonderful industry that we work in, and the people are s- just phenomenal. Right. And that's what it's all about. It's just it's really, you know, how how well we love, and and you know how much time we spend with others that we do love. So it's good. Nice. Well, I can't think of a better way to end the show than that. So thanks again for taking the time to join us. And, uh, yeah, we'll hope to catch up with you later. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Bryce Thatcher for taking the time to join us today. And we encourage everybody to head on over to ultraspire.com to check out all their awesome gear and especially the new stuff coming out. We also want to encourage everybody to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by our website at trailmanners.com. You can hit us up on the contact page. Let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or even if you would like to be on the show. Until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.